Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, the Federal Law Enforcement Agency of the United States Air Force. I'm Hannah, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I've been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello. Welcome back, archivists. Hi. Welcome back. We're back again. All right. <laughs> what do we got? So we are in Pennsylvania today. Another oh, I don't think we've done one in Pennsylvania, have we? Mm, a while ago. Oh, okay. Like All a right. long time ago, yeah. I think. I think one. Uh, but uh, this is another genetic genealogy story. I mean, honestly, at this point. They're all like, all the cold that, cases are like that now, you know? Yeah. And but we like the stories, too. I like talking about the genetic genealogy because mm-hmm. it's a cool, like, mm-hmm. updated science. It's solving all these cases that, like, otherwise maybe not would not have been solved. And these families are getting closure, whether or not the person is dead, whether or not, you know, whatever it is. I think it's nice to talk about them to get the stories heard, you know, mm-hmm. and learn more about this DNA, this advancement in DNA. Mm-hmm. So we are talking about Christy Mirak today. Christy was a sixth grade teacher at Roherston Elementary School in Pennsylvania. She was 25 years old at the time in 1992. She was living with a roommate at the time of her murder, which was December 21st, 1992. So literally just right before Christmas. On this specific morning, Christy was getting ready to leave for work. She was holding a bunch of Christmas presents for her students, which were copies of the book Miracles on Maple Hill, that she had written little Christmas notes on the inside of each book, which, like, how sweet and thoughtful is that? She wrote little Christmas notes on all of yeah. these books what was the name and of the wrapped books? them all. Uh, Miracles on Maple Hill. That's cool. For sixth grade. I feel like I've heard of that book, mm-hmm. but I'm not 100% sure. When she did not show up for work this morning, her principal, so her boss, Harry Goodman, called her phone and then went to her house to check on her when he didn't answer her call which like i wrote to the side that's pretty big for a boss mm-hmm. i guess i how was 1992 but like to me in 2022 yeah bosses it, it could be a small in pennsylvania yeah it, it could be a small place yeah yeah regardless i think that it was really nice of him that he mm-hmm. was worried about his his teacher his em- employee and he went to her house to check on her Uh, Now, he gets there around 9.15 a.m., and when he gets there, he notices that the front door was, like, slightly open, slightly ajar, which was, you know, kind of strange for someone who's supposed to be at work, Mm -hmm. right? Correct. And and his suspicions already, like, he's already confirming his suspicions. Like, I better check on and make sure, uh uh-oh, something's not right, but I hope it's not what I was thinking, but something's definitely not right. He probably thought she was really ill or something. Yeah, I couldn't call. Mm-hmm. When he opens the door, he finds what is described in these articles that I was reading as a shocking scene. Mm-hmm. So this is what the crime scene looks like, okay? Because it's obviously a crime. Okay, let's go through this methodically. It's let's. I've got a pretty big crime scene let's here. Let's peel this onion back one piece well, of evidence at a time. There you go. We're back at it then. Okay. <laughs> Christy is found lying on the living room floor. There are Christmas presents that we now know were the Christmas presents meant for her students, strewn about, as it is written in the articles. I have quotation marks here. There are scuff marks on the floor. Christie's 
underwear, pants, and shoes had been removed, and her shirt and jacket that she had been wearing was pushed all the way up. She still had on her gloves and that jacket, which told police that the attack happened pretty much immediately in the doorway, like she was on the way out, leaving for work. There was a wooden cutting board near her head. Am I going too fast because you're writing stuff down? No, go ahead. Okay. So wooden cutting board near her head. There was blood everywhere. Her face was, again, in quotation marks as it's quoted in these articles, her face was distorted. According to the autopsy, she had obviously been beaten uh, with blunt trauma to her neck, back, and upper chest. She also had a fractured jaw. Now, police took this as a sign that she fought her attacker. Would you agree? Yeah, I'm writing this down, and the last thing I just wrote was violent for sure. Um, Yes, so... You know, the scuff marks on the floor, the pile of presents all thrown all over the place. And, you know, obviously the jacket and gloves still on, but everything else off. He, it sounds like he, he uh, accomplished what he uh, wanted to accomplish, which was probably rape. rape. Um, so you're right. Like, this kind of thing is definitely painting a picture that there was a struggle and she fought. Yeah. So... She probably has some DNA um, under her fingernails, for sure. Um, so, okay, yeah, very, very violent too. Very, yes. like this is personal violent. It's possible um, that the bad guy thought didn't think she was gonna resist, mm-hmm. and then when she did, he had to resort to like smashing her head and neck in you know Violence. what i mean really really violent he says oh my god now i'm gonna have to kill her uh because she wants to fight back yeah and police do um uh, mention that they think that it is someone that she knows uh because there was yeah, no that, sign that would, of force that, entry that would be, oh yeah that would be my next my next thing maybe she answered the door she's on her way out that type of thing or you know, she was trying to get someone out of the house, so she puts her jacket on. All right, I got to go, you know. Uh, th- that's, I definitely think, I think someone that she knows, but not somebody that she wants in the house necessarily mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking. Okay, so you same thought process as the police at the time. So it's interesting, I guess, like, policing and inv- investigating specifically hasn't really changed a whole lot over the years. Like, everyone is still being... Well... well it's all the same school of or same thought process, school of thought. Right. What's changed is the science behind mm-hmm. the forensics, right? If forensics is just the the generalized term of collecting evidence, that has changed. The science of that, technology, mm-hmm. those kind of things have, have have changed over over the years. But yeah, piecing together, I mean, really anybody can you know figure it out, right? Yeah. You just, if you, but you have to take your time and you have mm-hmm. to know what to look for. The other thing is when you look at these cases and you see that things were missed, probably what you learn is there was less experience, right? Because mm-hmm. when, you know, you go to the bigger cities and there's more homicides, mm-hmm. you know, detectives see the same thing over and over again so they can recognize things a lot faster. You know, you get kind of get to recognize things a lot a lot faster. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. 
So her cause of death is determined to be strangulation. Now, one article I read said that she was strangled with her own sweater, but that was not in any of the other things that I read. So Yeah, she still had a jacket on. I don't know about that. Maybe. Yeah, if maybe it was a sweater that was like mm. lying around or something. Mm. Again, she had a roommate, so but that was yeah. what one article said, so I just thought I'd put it in there. Now, the oh, this roommate, <laughs> th- this could have been somebody, a friend of the other roommate. Too. Oh yeah, didn't yeah. think about that. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. Again, somebody that she didn't necessarily want there, but mm-hmm. yeah. Mm, interesting thought. DNA uh, was found from sperm found on multiple areas of her body, including underneath her on the carpet. There was yeah. DNA all over her well, that they found. There was everywhere. Well, what, what do you mean? What kind of DNA then? Like specifically sperm oh, okay. is what it said. Oh. But I think there was also DNA found on her fingernails because later on we'll talk about it. Uh, th- this DNA is going to be refuted a little bit by yeah. the person. Well, so there was other DNA, mm-hmm. but because there was so much of this like fluid DNA, mm-hmm. they originally only tested this because there was so mm-hmm. much of it. Yeah, and there's going to be other DNA too. Mm-hmm. He's in in a fight for, for yeah. his life. You know, the scuff marks on the floor. I mean, if you rub your skin against the floor in a fight, guess what? You there's DNA. Yeah. I, I it's took that highly as unlikely that they'll shoes, though. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just saying there was a fight. Yeah. It's highly unlikely they'll go searching the floor for D, trace D, uh, DNA or mm-hmm. um but but there would be DNA everywhere. There's also like they said there was a lot of it. it also it could have been sweating, that's DNA. Mm-hmm. You know spitting you, you know, yeah. DNA. There's a ton could have been tons outside of the semen DNA. Okay. Yeah, this just specifically, there yeah. was so much of it that this is what they yeah. tested mostly. But they did say there was a lot of other DNA, too. Now, the thing, too, there was an obvious crime scene because she was laying there. Oh, no, no, the the the, the principal, right? Mm-hmm. A crime scene like that, you got to be meticulous and take your time. Right. But can you imagine the situations where maybe it wasn't so obvious and then you kind of trample over it and stuff? Yeah. That That's why you have to start from the outer, secure things, and then kind of scan and take a look. But this one was obvious, so yeah. so he probably saw that and stepped back outside and called the police. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, sounds like it. You know, okay. According to Christie's roommate, because obviously they speak to the roommate, so this information that I'm about to say is what we know from the roommate. Mm-hmm. So she left for work at 7 a.m. that morning. Christy was still at home. She tells police that Christy normally would leave for work around 7.30 a.m. every day. When she left that morning at 7, Christy was still getting ready for work is what she says. Now, we also have some witnesses. Two of Christy's neighbors come forward and they tell police that between 7.10 and 7.20 a.m. on December 21st, they had been walking past Christy's house and reported hearing a high-pitched, unexpected scream. So this is about... 10 to 20 minutes after. Oh, that's a good timeline, yeah. Yeah, so we have a pretty solid timeline here. And what'd they do about it? They kept walking. Yep. All right. I mean, so that here's the thing, though. I was thinking about that. How, like, how many times do you hear something like that, and is it something? I is know. Is it something? You, is it you not something? There's a fine like, line between invading people's privacy yeah. and, and a crime, right? right. And calling the police. I, because of just, we do this, I've watched all the shows, mm-hmm. like all of this that I've I'm aware of. I overthink things sometimes, so maybe I would probably call. Well, I would. I would hear I'm something different too. I'm just like hyper aware. Too. I would hear something different too. Because you're an investigator. I, I hope. I would hope you can tell the difference between uh, a scream because your team just scored a f- 
soup a uh, 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 touchdown yeah. and a screen because someone's attacking you. You would you would hope so, but it's that thing of like, you know, do pe- like people are afraid to get involved because of you know retaliation or what what or putting themselves in harm's way, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Remember, I told you there was what sh- what show was it? I was this one of the podcasts I listened to covered it, but it's a specific documentary, and they the woman quite literally could have been saved. She was in an apartment complex and mm-hmm. people had like walked past her. She was out running, screaming for help, like screaming, asking people for help. And there were witnesses that had looked out the window and heard her and seen her screaming for help, but no one did anything because that's mm-hmm. just, you know, do you get involved? Do you not get involved? Like what is really happening? Yeah. It's I, a sticky situation. Well, anyway, they, they give. They were walking by. They knew when they were walking by, and so now it looks like the time of the murder. Yeah, is that's a pretty good between seven ten seven twenty. That's a pretty good timeline. Do you know whenever I see anything suspicious, mildly suspicious, like any type of car, you document the time. I look at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I look at the time and the date, and I r- look at something. <laughs> I need. I have. I have problems. <laughs> okay, so where am I in my notes? Okay, so like I said, police originally think that killer the killer is someone that Christine knew because of the no fourth century and all of the mm-hmm. other. Uh, and originally, they during this initial investigation, they are going to interview more than sixty men while also testing their blood types and bodily fluids to find a match. Well, that I thought that, that was interesting was that they worded it that way. Persons of interest is what that was, right? There's no other way around that. So, like. Well, like they didn't test those guys that walked by. If one of those witnesses was a guy, they didn't test them, did they? It didn't say. Oh, but yeah, if they're testing their DNA and they're just a witness, that doesn't make any sense. Sixty men were tested. Yeah, that, they had sixty yeah. persons of interest. Wow, That's this is all over the place. Yeah. So like coworkers, uh, how, how roommates, people—they weren't 60 specific. Sixty people had a had motive. Wow. Do they have to have motive to test DNA? Can you not just test no. DNA? Why why would you zero in on somebody? You don't just say, oh. let's 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 test every male teacher that she worked with. Now, if she was a royal pain in the ass and everybody hated her, it's a different story. You know? Motive. Yeah. So yeah. why would they zero so how do they come up with sixty they're just chasing leads, so uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not wrong. I'm just maybe saying they, I don't understand that. Maybe they offered their DNA. Uh, I don't know. What? Uh, let's keep going. Uh, I, also, I don't know what. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that they specifically said blood types and bodily fluids. Like they didn't just say DNA. They specified blood types and bodily fluids. Is what they tested from these sixty men. Yeah, the DNA. <laughs> okay, so this could have been sixty over the years, right? No, this is the initial investigation. Oh. Yeah, this is the initial okay. investigation. Somehow, let's see. They don't. You, they don't talk about how your research doesn't talk about how they get the sixty. Well, none of those men. At yeah, privacy, so they yeah, right. right, right so right. They, they were all ruled yeah, out. They were ruled out. I'm just curious of the theories that the police came up with. So they don't talk. Because, okay. You know, this is twenty. How many years later? Okay. Thirty years later. And genetic genealogy is the high, the okay. the star of this show. So that's oh, what they're oh, you're right. About. So they test blood type and bodily fluids. So they're at looking, the time. Yeah. So they don't have the DNA. Necess- they don't have the DNA. They ha- what year is this again? 1990. Yeah. So they're testing 92, different things. 92. Sorry, that makes sense. 92. They're testing different things. So who knows? 
Maybe her roommate and her had guys over a lot. She had a fiance. Okay, maybe her roommate, mm-hmm. you know. So, okay, that makes sense now. So after that, though, the case does go pretty cold with no leads or matches with the DNA that they do have. So now we're going to skip forward to November of 2017. A snapshot composite or phenotype is created by Parabon. We've talked about this before. This is yep. that the picture, essentially, the composite drawing. Now, this is the same time they're working the Golden State yep. Killer case, yep. like working it. Yep. But the phenotype, do you want to explain that again, what that is? Yeah, so it's just essentially they're able to determine possible characteristics of a person Mm-hmm. That they're looking for. And I, I have those characteristics. And so essentially, I'll read this one. This is skipping ahead a little bit. But the for an example, okay, the possible characteristics of the person's DNA that they have. So the person mm-hmm. who committed this crime would be light skin tone, not brown or dark. So they make so the, it's going to specify that. So light skin tone, not brown or dark, brown or hazel eyes, not blue or green. So the phenotype is specific in yeah. saying they can talk about what it's not to. Yeah. Yes. Brown or hazel eyes, not blue or green. I think I just said that. Brown or black hair. Mm-hmm. And then we have few to no freckles. So those are the specific yeah. characteristics that they were able to come up with based off of the DNA they have, which I think is wild. I mean, yeah. like that's so cool. Science DNA is so well, cool. Well, that's good for a good lead when they start narrowing in suspects, you know. Yes. So now going back a little bit with mm-hmm. this phenotype, they show the public. They release it in November 2017. They come up with three different composites for the killer because now remember, we don't know the killer's age at the time of this murder. We don't mm-hmm. know who this person is or what their age is. So they come up with a composite sketch for this person at the age of 25, 45, and 55. So all three possible what this person mm-hmm. looked like. This is the first time that this technique is used in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, because that's where we're at. This is the county mm-hmm. and everything. So this is the first time a phenotype is used mm-hmm. in this part of Pennsylvania, which is pretty cool. Mm, cool. Mm-hmm. So after this uh, phenotype composite is released, Parabon actually suggests to law enforcement that they try out the genetic genealogy technique. So like you said, this is the same time that we're yeah. actively working on the Golden State Killer case. Yeah. So in this case, Parabon is like, hey, let's try it. Like, we're lose? doing this. Yeah, yeah, let's try it. So they hand over the DNA profile that they have to Parabon and they upload it to GEDmatch, obviously, where they find relatives of a person named Raymond Rowe, a half-sister to be exact. So his half-sister uploaded her DNA. And this is how we come to oh, Raymond Rowe. Wow. <clears throat> I mean, half sister, but uh, I mean, they'll get there a little bit harder work maybe, but they'll get there. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, you probably don't know his name, but there might be some listeners that do know his name. He is a pretty mildly famous DJ. He goes by the name DJ freeze. I'd never heard of him before, uh-huh. but apparently he's worked with celebrities like Paris Hilton, Sting, uh, Lenny Kravitz, but it also might have been Kenny Kravitz because I read mm. the, the articles okay. were a little bit different. He was living just four miles away from Christie at the time of the murder. Oh, wow. Yeah. And according to his website, which apparently is no longer a thing, he I mean, he has a bunch of awards. He's won a bunch of awards. He's worked mm-hmm. on different projects. He's traveled. He has his own company, like label type of company where he helps other DJs and produces like he's he's a pretty big deal in at least Pennsylvania for. Mm-hmm being DJ like he's got a decent amount of fame to him Mm -hmm. detectives from here we have to what 
trail someone. What is it? Stalk. It's not stalk. Oh, what's the word? So, Surveil. So, Surveil. Okay, him. wait. So, so they have a suspect. So he's the suspect, right? Mm-hmm. And because his half sister uploaded her uploaded, DNA. Oh, I, I'm kind of interested. I'm stuck on that. I'm interested how difficult it was to get the half genealogy maybe it's not any different i could they didn't say yeah that's interesting okay that's for another story but well we've talked about the half before remember the one where it was oh my gosh the kid the john doe oh that's right no yeah was that a half? half he was half Oh, okay. Remember, I said we're they're still missing one of the brothers. Yeah, the one of the brothers, though, right? But yeah, so, he was so half that, from the Oh, that was sort of backwards. Yeah. Okay, all right. You're right. Well, okay, so they've identified. They said this is a killer. This is the guy um, that. This at least this is yeah. This is this his is DNA. his DNA. So, uh, and but he lived. Lead, right? Okay, so what's the background information? He lived. He lived just four miles away from Christie at the miles. time of the murder. Okay. so they're doing their background now, and he's four miles away. What else does he have? A, a rap sheet? No. No. But also, what we're going to find out, so... Does he fit the phenotype? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I'll post it so you guys can tell us what you think. I Yeah. So he's white. Not with... He's light-skinned. The, the, so the they said not char- brown or it not. It said light skin tone, not uh, brown or dark. He okay. is light skin tone. However, I don't think he... He looks like he's, like, ethnic. Hold on, let me see if I can... Well, how can you or say like not brown? Hispanic. I might have, see, well, not that's brown. skin tone. That's the thing. That's not ethnicity. That's the skin tone. Right. But when you say not brown and not black. Not brown or what did I say? An investigator is Brown gonna, or dark. Not brown or dark. An investigator is going to probably rule out black people and Hispanic people probably. Which is kind of stupid, though, because... You can be an ethnicity and be like half or partial or whatever and still have a lighter skin tone. Yeah, mom, I know what you're saying. Mom, I'm half Mexican. Mom is more Mexican than me, and mom has a lighter skin tone than yeah, me. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So, yeah. like it comes, it the phenotype is specific to characteristics, mm-hmm. not that not ethnicity. You're right. So that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So right. I see your point in thinking yeah. that, but maybe since phenotyping is now a thing, maybe law enforcement should be trained. Mm in that specific area gotcha. now. So that's gotcha. Maybe they are. I, I, just, I don't know. To me, he looks like he has some kind of ethnicity in him. He doesn't look completely white. Oh, let me put let me pull up his um his picture here. Yeah, I don't know why I'm doing it on my computer. What's his name? Raymond Rowe. DJ Freeze. DJ Freeze, yeah. Uh, no, I see what you're saying. He looks but like he No, his it's going to be um maybe Middle Eastern or something. But right, but my, some kind of no, ethnicity. Yeah, but my my thought kind of still stands, right? I wouldn't say this guy's Hispanic, though. No, but some kind of so, ethnicity. So if I went at it, like not looking like for a ethnic. black, not looking for a, a black male or a Hispanic male, I would be okay. All right, okay, let's move off that. My point still stands. Anyway, yeah, the so that's the connection was he lived just four miles from her at the time. Now, what we end up finding at the end is that law enforcement actually found a ticket stub. Hold on. I have the picture of it. Okay, so. At the time when Christie was found a like ticket pass. Was found in her wallet to this like live music thing event 
that he was DJing at. Mm -hmm. Okay. So at the time, this ticket is found in her wallet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They, so they, at the time, though, that's not like something that they really look into. No, but they have so it now, secured as evidence, right? Right. So now when his name comes up, come to find out he was working that event. He was DJing at that event. So she had been there that night that he worked that event. Okay. So this is all the background they're doing. They're starting to put right. it together and they're saying, okay, he's probably our guy. So now they, we have to get DNA. Right. So they think this is how, like, maybe a connection of how she met him or he met her and how he found out who she was. They are going to surveil him and they end up going to uh, an elementary school where he was actually putting on an event. I don't know what he was doing for an event at an elementary school, but he was DJing and doing some kind of event at an elementary school. And they were there and they were watching him and he discarded gum and a water and a bottle. water bottle is the best one, yeah. And so they collected that. And this is on May 31st, 2018. Mm -hmm. And so the DNA from these items do come back as a match. And on June 25th of 2018, he is arrested at his, own, at his home taken without incident and charged with one criminal count of homicide and the death penalty is on the table, which is going to be important. Mm hmm which, by the way, the, uh, the uh, another case that I'm uh, researching for another episode for us to do, the same yeah. thing. It's been 30 years. I didn't realize that like you, they could still put the death penalty on something from even that long ago. Maybe because we haven't heard about it, but I yeah. didn't realize they could do that. Hmm. I thought that was kind of like a at the time kind of thing. Well, no, the death penalty is still still an option, right? Yeah, so it's when the crime happened. I think the prosecutor has options. Because so far we haven't heard of anyone yeah. seeking the death penalty. So it's interesting. Mm -hmm. So he is uh, arrested, like I said, taken without incident. Death penalties on the table. He is going to plead guilty. He goes as far as to apologize to her family saying, I can't imagine what you were going through. I apologize. That's literally what he said. Mm. I was like, well, you are the one that did that to them, so... Yeah, I, I just, I don't understand these turds at this point, you know. Well, it's going to get worse. I mean, how sincere can anyone be, you know, oh, I'm sorry. Well, you're going to find out in a second. Mm -hmm. So because of this plea agreement or this plea of guilty and apology, he is sentenced to life in prison uh, plus 60 to 120 years. Okay. In 2019, he is. This is what his sentence is. He's 50 years old at the time of sentencing. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. Nope. Now this is where it gets worse. September 8th. Well, like un worse, like what you were saying. He's obviously not sorry. September 8th, 2021. He takes the stand to try to go back on his guilty plea. He says that he did in fact have. Why is this? Is this when the trial is? No, he didn't have a trial, remember, because he pleaded guilty. Oh, he, he pleaded guilty. guilty and they just sentenced him. They sentenced yeah. him in 2019. Okay, but how does he get a hearing? So he's, he, he is, uh, him and his lawyers are trying to put in motions to say that he, okay. so he got new lawyers. Yeah. So he's trying to, he wants to get a new trial, uh -huh. saying that he is innocent, that his previous attorneys basically coerced him into pleading guilty because of the death penalty. And they were telling him, like, oh, you have a wife and kids. Like, if you want to ever see them again or, like, just be able to, like, visit with them, mm -hmm. you should plead guilty because otherwise they're going to give you the death penalty. And so, essentially, his lawyers that, didn't that's even... Not, I mean, that's what he's saying. They're, yeah, they're, of course. Yeah. They're telling him. 
They're saying this is the evidence they have towards you, and they're going to go for the death penalty. And like and I they're said, probably going to convict you. Do we have anything that mitigates that? And and he doesn't. And like I said, remember what I said. There was so much DNA. Mm-hmm. There was so right. like, and what I'm about to say it makes no sense. So he so he takes the stand September eighth, twenty twenty one, in this hearing to go back on his guilty plea. He says that he had consensual sex with Christy the morning of her death. But somebody else killed her later that day. That's important to me because when I hear later that day, that sounds like later in the day, right? Not mm-hmm. just two hours. Like she was found two hours later. But those. But we also have witnesses that place her screaming between seven ten and seven twenty, right? Right after her roommate left. Yeah. So fine. Let's say she was cheating on her fiance, and you had consensual sex with her, even though her clothes were still like yeah, she still so had her jacket stupid. and gloves on. Okay, whatever. But also. She was found right there. In the morning. And beat, right. In like the it morning wasn't time, later right. that day. So that was a stupid thing for him to say. Well, but it was it was his truthful lie. But how was your <laughs> right? DNA so. like under her yeah, yeah, too? No, like no. she was laying, like that, I, that makes no sense to me. That can't hold up water. He's also requesting that the cutting board that Christy was beaten with and other items there to, mm-hmm. uh, to be tested. He wants more testing and more advanced DNA techniques to be used. Now, a manager from the PA State uh, Police Crime Lab testified that those items had not been tested originally because there was plenty of other fluid samples. And so I wrote, sounds like what dad is always talking about with covering everything. So they, they should, why didn't they test it in the beginning? The rest yeah, of those Yeah, we items. used to call it investigative sufficiency, right? Mm-hmm. The prosecutors would tell you, hey, we got everything, but we, we always... Our job was to collect the truth, so we always closed every lead we had. So we no longer could say, well, we have this open lead over here. The prosecutor doesn't need it, but we, we're going to go ahead and close the door on it anyways. So that's how we, that was our standard. I mean, that's smart. I feel like I would want everything tested. Even Here's the thing. Even as a family member, and again, maybe it's because I just know a lot more with like mm-hmm. watching all the stuff and like your job and doing this now. I feel like if it was my family member, I would want all that stuff to be tested. Because what if there was a second person involved? I want yeah, everyone I, I mean, involved now, to be held responsible. Now, that's let me back up too. It has to have some bearing, right? If if you have she was if you, with right, the if, cutting board. I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. That makes sense. But if you have a piece of evidence and just you like, you could rule out like why that's not. Well, yeah, that know, makes but, sense. Yeah, but the cutting board like that now, should have been tested. Tested for what though? For trace DNA to see if someone else's DNA was yeah, on it. Like, it should have been tested for DNA yeah. to see yeah. if it was all one person. Because here again, a violent crime scene. There's yeah. a lot happening in this. Like crime that's scene. the murder murder uh, weapon, technically, right? Well, she was well, strangled. she was strangled, but that was but she, that was an object of the her, yeah, yeah yeah. She had a lot of injuries from that. Yeah, so board. we tested to see if there's any other DNA on there, right? Right. So, like, let's check all our bases because okay. if there was someone else involved, we want them held responsible, so too. So, what did the judge say then? I mean, it sounds like it could be a good argument. I Is this appeals or searched, something? Yes. I searched for, like, two hours. I could not find okay. an update. So, my assumption is is that they said, nah. <laughs> or it's still, in what jail. year was this? 2021. Yeah, uh, it's probably still lingering then. September 8th of 2021. It's probably still out So, it's been yeah. a year. It might not have been ruled on yet. Really? A year? I mm-hmm. guess with like COVID still backing everything up, huh? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll keep looking. Okay. So, All right. uh, like I said, he says he was essentially forced to plead guilty. 
Uh, yeah, the most recent thing I could find was April of this year. He was uh, is still in prison. No news of a new trial or anything okay. like that. He and the crazy thing is, is there's a couple interviews with uh, his wife. She was actually his fiance at the time of this murder, mm-hmm. and she was like horrified when she found this all out. Obviously, she said that he like he came home came to her home and they slept and in the bed together and woke up said, the next morning. She said she remembers when the news broke of Christie's murder. That he expressed concern for his fiance, and like wanted her to be safe out in the street. Like he was concerned that there was a murderer running around their neighborhood. Because remember, he only lived four uh, miles. Yeah, she was like, "But it was him." But it was how him. awful for her. Yeah, you could fake that one all day long because you're the bad guy, right? Awful. Yeah. So right. uh, maybe there'll be updates. We'll I'll keep a close eye on this one too mm-hmm. to see what the ruling is. I'm interested to see. I hope the judge tells okay. him to kick rocks yeah <laughs> so that's all i have for this one this story all right another cold case solved because of genetic genealogy thankfully yeah. yep so presented here by true crime archives they are in the archives like they're that's what yeah. we originally yeah, that's, what we, that's what we do that's what we come up with the name so all right i was looking i googled to how to uh get into genetic genealogy and how to be a genesis. Oh, you know cool. there's not really like any college. So remember that no, kid? There's some certifications and then it, it is a highly well uh, female dominated career right now. Well do you remember that the college kid who was mm-hmm. just doing it as a hobby? Because yeah, I was yeah. like how yeah. well what'd you find? You like there's really no college or not even really certificates. There's like classes that are sometimes yeah, offered. Yeah. Okay. But it's really just like and then you go get a job at the company. Y- yeah, it's usually genealogists Mm-hmm. who then get into learning about biology mm-hmm. and DNA, mm-hmm. and then they're able to yeah. look at all that. It was very interesting. Cool. Yep. So that's it for this week. As always, you guys can follow us on True Crime Archives podcast on Instagram. I'm losing my mind for a second. We're on Twitter at TC Archives Pod. And if you have the time to go give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it, and we love hearing from you guys, and we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.